Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 129, Lexi's Change Story, freedom from binge eating after 35 years. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, happy new year. Welcome back to Changeable. I'm really excited to kick off the new year with this conversation with Lexi. Um, I know that you're going to hear so much in it, whether binge eating is an issue for you or not. Uh, it's just incredible to hear how a habit took shape in 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 hindsight, such a, a natural, understandable innocent way. When Lexi was 10 years old, she was under some stress, turned to food. It felt really good. She'll tell the story. I don't want to give anything away. Um, and from that moment forward, she she thought she was broken and lived that way for the next 35 years. And um, she's seen so much. And what I most love about her story is not that she's now, uh, you know, not binge eating, which is incredible, but I just love, um, I love kind of the, the way that you can hear and in, in her describe this and her talk about what she's seen. I love the way that you can hear that her foundation has shifted. So she would always, as we do at Me Too, try to manage it and behave her way to being binge-free. And, you know, there was just so much work involved. And she describes it as kind of, you know, pulling that rubber band where the motivation, the fumes of the motivation and the hard work and all of that, they keep you going for a little while. But you, but she says she has this sense that she was always kind of pulling this rubber band and at some point it would snap. It would snap. And now there's no rubber band. There's no effort. There's no doing. She's still feeling her way through new ways of eating and new ways of being around food. But you can hear in her story um, just how it's really coming from the inside out, how she has just seen some things that are deep and they're going to keep showing up behaviorally and, and in the way her life looks in all kinds of ways forever. And so it's so awesome to hear. So, um, yeah, I love what she's seen. I've love, I love how she describes it and how with the ease with which she just talks about her story and how this has gone for her. Uh, and I know you will too. So enjoy this conversation with Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Thank you so much for being on Changeable. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I know like over the past year or so, I guess I thought it had been longer than a year. I guess it hasn't even been a year. Uh, I've just seen so many things and, and uh, you know, I've known that so many things are changing for you, um, yet not really sure. So I'm, I'm excited for myself to kind of hear your journey too. You know, we hear little bits in the community and I've just had you on in the back of my mind, like, wow, she's really seeing some stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to get to share this with other people and hear more about it myself. So, um, so maybe, yeah, kick us off by saying a little bit about kind of what was going on for you around food stuff when it was at its worst. 
Yeah, I, um, so I did. I, I think this, I've been kind of following you and, and listening to you for about a year. And, um, you know, when this, um, my binge eating disorder is really what it was labeled, right? I would, if I was going to identify with this, um, started 35 years ago. So I was 10 years old and um, my brother, who was then eight, um, was diagnosed with cancer. And um, yeah, my life kind of fell apart, right? I was the sibling um, trying to be the good girl, trying to not get in the way, but also be you know, super supportive. Um, and, and I felt, um, you know, like I just felt like I was inconsequential. Like I just needed to be in the corner. And so, you know, my brother would started getting all of these presents and things in the house. And, you know, I remember distinctly a basket just full of candy. And I was like, yeah, I didn't get anything. I am going in there and I would just sneak and eat it in my room and hide all the wrappers. And, and that really, um, you know, when I look back on it, that really was the, when I can say that's what started this. And of course it did. I can see that now, right? I needed comfort. I was so sad and my life had been upended. And so of course I, I, I went to that because it was available because I was 10 years old. You know, I do see that now. It could have been anything, right? As an adult, it could be anything, um, alcohol, drugs, food. It's all very the same, but as a 10 year old, yeah, it was food. And so that went with me throughout, um, my whole life. And, you know, I see it now as it was really, yeah, it was part of my identity. It was part of what I thought was my problem. And I was broken and there was nothing. uh, It didn't matter how successful I was. Um, You know, I'm a, I have a wonderful family now. I'm a very successful human from the outside. I don't, um, I don't have a lot of problems, quote problems, but this binge eating has come with me through 35 years. And what I would tell you is I was broken and I was not fixable and there was nothing um, working. I've tried everything. I started dieting at 14 was my first diet because I thought that was the solution. It was all about the food and sure I could be successful and then bam, you know, gain it all back or, um, you know, in high school, I suffered a lot and I went to, um, I tried to escape. So I went to France with the family and I came back, um, you know, almost 200 pounds graduating high school. Like the suffering was just intense. And throughout my twenties, again, I've, I've, I've made my way, but, but this overarching problem and the brokenness has come with me. And so I, again, I've tried everything, every diet, every, um, program. I did a ton of, so so further on in my twenties, my brother was diagnosed again with cancer and he passed away at 24. So I was 26 at that point. And I, I knew that I was still so broken that this, this was it. This was going to be the, yep, you've been, you know, you've been able to graduate college and, and I was married and all these things, but this, this was it. This was going to be the disaster. So I threw myself into therapy and, um, worked hard, you know, through the grief and through the, the traumatic piece of that. And then also my own food issues. I really wanted help. I really wanted a solution, you know, what I thought was a solution to this problem. And I really, um, 
I, I went on to do a ton of therapy throughout my 20s and 30s, a lot of behavioral therapy. I'd get super frustrated with, you know, oh, go take a bath and give yourself 10 minutes. And, you know, oh, great. Well, that's fine and all, but I have, you know, two babies screaming at me and dinner needs to be cooked. And, you know, no problem. Yeah. I'll, I've got this. I'll go just, yeah, take a minute in a bathtub. Sure. So I got frustrated with that. And I may have found some relief, but nothing... Um, nothing, you know, foundational. And, yeah. and so I found you in December of last year because I was, you know, again, I was back to, I, I had read the Brain Over Binge book and um, you have a quote, I think, in the foreword of her book. And that's when I went to search out another, something else. I needed help again. And um, so I think I Googled, you know, binge eating disorder cure or whatever. And, <laughs> and I found, you know, stuff on you. And so I did start listening to all of your podcasts and have, and then I joined your school and, you know, yeah, this year I've seen a lot. Wow. I, there's so many, so many things in your story. Um, but I, probably the biggest thing is just that understanding of a 10 year old, I mean, 10 years old. And like you say, of course, what are you going to do? You're not going to start smoking. Like you're going to take the candy <laughs> and you feel horrible and you eat the candy and you forget your thoughts for a minute. And it's that simple, you know? And then from, from then forward, every, you look broken and all the misunderstandings come in. But that, I mean, that story in particular is just so clear to illustrate how innocent and natural this is. A hundred percent. And, and I can give myself that grace now, right? Of course yeah. I went to that because yeah. I was, I didn't know what else to do. And I couldn't, I didn't want to give my problems to my mom or dad who are already in their own, you know, so much grief and, and heartache. And so, yeah, the food became my comfort. It was my buddy. It was hiding it. It felt sneaky. It felt naughty. It felt, um, and it was mine. It was my secret. Yeah. I didn't have to share it. And yeah, you're right. The thoughts go, went away, right? Like I really thought that's how, I, again, this has followed me for 30 years, 30, yeah, 35 years yeah. of that was the solution, the food, because that's right. what brought me peace, you know, fascinating. Wow. So, so in the years after that, like in high school and your twenties and stuff, did you, did you always connect it back to where it started and was was there any part of you that was sort of curious about all that or did it, did, did it get kind of separated from how it started and now it just looked like, well, this is Lexi's problem? I, I don't, I can honestly say, I don't think I put that together until again, after my brother died um, and with some therapy, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah, I believed I was just broken. I believed yeah. it was just um, my lot in life that this was my thing and there was no getting away from it. It was just figure out how to deal with it. Um, yeah. I didn't give myself that grace. I didn't see that ever um, until, you know, yeah, recently. Um, Is, I, isn't that interesting too? You know, it's like, I mean, that that happens so completely where now our focus is just about us and our brokenness. And in, even though, I mean, yes, I'm sure you had many moments where you're like, what's going on with me? And then when you got older into therapy and stuff, but it's, it's like our mind just gets this tunnel vision for like our, you know, our problem. This is my thing. I'm a binge eater. And we forget the whole bigger context or we just don't look up, you know, to see the whole bigger context around it. 
yeah. I, I mean, again, it was, it was my identity. It was secret, right? There's yeah. nothing sexy or fun about slamming 3000 calories by yourself, you know, hiding. So, so it was my secret. And, and so to the outside world, yeah, I, you know, I've done all the things I was, you know, meant to, I do believe that I've, I've, my family is lovely. My husband is amazing. Like I've really had this um, wonderful life and I had this whole secret thing going on. And, and it, the only person that tormented was myself, you know, yeah. um, which again, I could, I could label all these things too. Like, well, see, this is different than alcoholics because they're hurting everybody else. I'm only hurting myself. And I could justify all these reasons of, you know, um, why this was different and it was just my problem and, and I was broken and, and what is wrong with me? You know, nobody else thinks like this, like, give me a yeah. break. Um, but, but yeah, I've seen, I see that differently now and I can give myself in that 10 year old grace of, yeah, of course you went to food and, and it helped in those moments. I can even go there and I can even at this point be grateful for what I thought was broken because where it's where I am right now is amazing. And um, there's so many people suffering in this world and, and suffering with what they think is their brokenness, um, you know, and yeah, so I'm grateful today for, for yeah. all of it. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Along those, uh, like before last year, um, did you have long periods where you were free of this, either just from willpower or it just kind of fell away or was it, yeah, how did that go? Um, I would say I had moments, right? And a lot of it, again, was very food related. If I was, um, in, you know, quote, in control of my food, mm -hmm. I found a lot of freedom and it was short-lived because it was the, um, I love your metaphor with the iceberg, I actually put one in my office because mm -hmm. it's so true. I would chip, chip, chip away at that, the top of the iceberg being like, yep, this is what's going to do it. This time, this plan, this focus, this drive, I'm just going to keep chipping away at this iceberg. And, and that's what I continued to do, you know, up and down throughout uh, my twenties and thirties. And, and it, it got better. I mean, I can't say that I didn't have some, um, a little bit more ease and some progress. It, honestly, pregnant was fabulous for me. Like, you know, even yeah. though irony in that is hysterical, right? You're putting on 30 pounds, but um, I was I was eating for another human and that I could totally do and I could be very healthy. And, um, you know, I've always worked out. I've always been an exercise person. So I always thought that was, you know, what was needed too. And, and yet, yeah, that pregnancy was just great. It was... Um, I've had two kids and through both of them, I found, I found some home, you know, I know that's what you call it too. Now is I get that feeling. It was home. I was, I was able to, um, sustain and to, and to nourish myself and this baby, um, because yeah, probably cause I was doing it for somebody else also though, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. Well, my pregnancies were the exact same. I, I was so happy being pregnant because I just felt like I was a normal person. And, and there was no, it was only my mind that was on my body before that, but it was like, oh, I'm supposed to be growing. <laughs> like, I think that was a huge thing. Like, like this is, I'm supposed to be getting bigger. So there yeah. it was nowhere on my mind, anything about my weight. And then, yeah, you have a whole new focus. So that's uh if we needed something to show us that it's all in our heads, 
that's it, right? Because <laughs> it's like nothing else yeah. has changed, but you're thinking. Um, but it's interesting, you know, how how we can sort of manage the food and then feel better. Like you get some motivation and then, then maybe you do feel better. Maybe you lose a little weight. You haven't binged in a week or two weeks and that makes you feel better. So the thought might come in to do it, but you, but that motivation and that kind of the, the fumes of the willpower and discipline, they really do help. But, and they can make it easier in the long term because the longer you've been without binging, then the easier it is. But like you're saying, there's just something about it that never, we can never rest in that because we know we're not going to feel that way all the time. And I think we know in the back of our minds, wow, I'm, I'm really holding this together myself. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel natural. And I picture the rubber band with that, right? So I yeah. would, I would be, okay, the rubber band still, you know, pulling between your two hands, the rubber band, that's eh, getting a little tighter, getting a little tighter. And you could kind of feel that the binge was coming though. Something was coming. The, the, the managing this rubber band was so hard and I had to pull on one side or the other. And then I just knew I'd get it tight enough and, you know, snap, it would come back. And um, so there was never, hundred percent peace or freedom uh, around yeah. it. I, I was, I was still working on that rubber band, controlling that tension um, for sure. Yeah. So what did you start to see as you kind of found this understanding this time last year or around this time? Um, yeah. Do you remember like some of the big insights you had or how things started to shift from there? Um, I think what I can I, I think it's feelings that I felt during that time. I remember listening to you and, you know, you have this very calming voice um, and I would listen to you in the car or waiting for soccer practice or basketball or whatever. And, and I remember feeling, huh, this is different. This is not brokenness. This is humanness and well-being and huh, I kind of, I kind of get what she's saying, sort of. And then I would turn off the podcast or whatever, and I would still struggle, you know, in my um, binge eating moments or wherever my brain would go. Um, And it took me a while. It wasn't, it's, you know, to me, it wasn't this aha, glorious moment. It's, oh, this, this makes a lot of sense. And this is very different than the behavioral got to change this. You know, one lady told me, well, you got to walk in, you know, when, when I would come home from work, I would, I struggled with that. And, and I, again, I can see it now. Why, right. You're, you're doing, you put on your mask all day long, not literally your mask, but you're, you know, you're, you're pretending to be somebody all day long and you're working hard and you're with people. And then you get home and you're just like, Oh, and just bam, right into my brain. That was my calming. I was you know, I needed that. I felt like that was, you know, I needed food right then, no matter what it was. And so, yeah, behavioral would be like, okay, so instead of going in through the garage door, go in through the front door and see what happens. And so <laughs> I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's not telling me to do something, to take a bath, to go through a different door. This is really about, wow, just make a little space in your brain. What, just see those thoughts. What, isn't that funny? You know, I, I always consider myself or have, again, some identity there, but a heavy thinker, right? Like a really, um, like 
more dark, more broken, more I struggle through this or I don't find a lot of joy. It's heavy, right? I got to figure this out. I'm a perfectionist. Like I got to figure this out. Yeah. And, and when you started opening, like the door started opening a little bit. And so that tight fist became a, huh, be open and curious about that thought instead of, oh my gosh, I have to go through the front door because that is what she said. And I got to go up to the bedroom. Okay, maybe if I change my clothes and I don't pass by the fridge. I mean, all of that just, you can even hear it in my voice, right? It's very tense and like doing things. And yeah. and when I was listening to you, that openness um, started to really resonate of what if, what if you just open and and be, yeah, curious about these thoughts instead of super judgmental and, and um, it just resonated. It, it felt like a place where I wanted to kind of stay and learn some more. Yeah, I love that that, um, that resonated because like, I, I can so relate to that way of being. That was totally me too. Um, and I love now kind of saying things like, I don't know, or just be curious, or doesn't really matter if somebody says like, which door do I go in? <laughs> or, or what do I eat for dinner? You know, and I'm like, who cares? Just eat what you eat for dinner. Like, I get such a rush out of that because I know it's, it's, you know, I always worry a little bit that somebody can't hear that because it's so far from where they are. But I also know that it's people that have the minds like, like you and like I had too, that most need to hear that. And it, we're the ones who are in these habits a lot of times, you know, so, and we all have that to our, in our own way. Um, but, oh, I know that's so cool. To just be like, ah, who knows? Doesn't matter, you know, be curious. And, and to to feel that, I love how you said it's not even a an insight, some thought you had, but like just a feeling of oh, maybe everything isn't as serious and needing to be as controlled as my mind's been making it. Yeah, and there's freedom there. I mean, and that's yeah. what I was, you know, I always thought my suffering was because of the food. The food yeah. was the suffering, right? And and what I realized too through this is. No, the suffering is in our head. The suffering is the thoughts around all of these things. And, and that's where that being so caught up and tense, um, it's not helpful. You know, it's not, um, it, it's suffering. And, and I see that in my friends. I see it around me. You know, my husband and I have talked a lot about this understanding. It's just, there's suffering because we think we got to do more and, be more and act more and more of this, less of this, you know, I, um, and really, again, that's that chipping away at the iceberg instead of just heating up the water. Like what if you just relax and heat up that water and watch that iceberg kind of shift. And it is that subtle, you know, I, Mm -hmm. again, I was waiting for the magic pill and the, okay, Mm -hmm. Amy's going to ding, you know, fairy tap me and, and I got this. But what I realized quickly too was, wow, maybe just sitting in this a little bit and not taking notes and not, you know, rereading and, and, but just, what if you just sit in it a little bit and marinate and the thoughts and, and, and just listening to you and making some space and in the, the aggressive thoughts and the, and the stress thoughts. Um, And that's really, I think where I've found that, yeah, that foundational shift is um, some space and some calm um, and some levity, right? Like I was saying that that heaviness was really what I identified with. And it just felt heavy. It felt like I always had this thing on, on me, this, this secret thing. And, and then now I can really feel light and some levity and some joy, honestly, of just being present in life. 
It's so cool. Yeah, it is so cool. Um, and something you said about like that mask, you know, like we're out in the world and and that's really telling, I think, too, because our mind just works the way it works. It doesn't only work this way around food or only around these topics, you know. So it's it, what I'm guessing and hearing in there is like, you know, there was some level of a lot of thinking that you just kind of carried throughout life as we do because, you know, we have the same head wherever we are. And that too, that is just so cool to see. So even in this conversation, it was around, you know, habits and binge eating or whatever it was around, but I'm sure that did something to help you kind of just relax more in all of life, which makes it so that when you walk in the door, you don't feel like you need this release. You know, I mean, that's, that's the stuff that's so intangible and so kind of hard to nail down, but we feel it like, oh, because I, I felt that too. Like I used to come home and it was the same thing. Like I've been on all day and to be able to walk in the door and just be the same person that you were and five hours ago, you know, is, is amazing. And all that is, is a, is a little less thinking, just a level of relaxation. Yeah. It's, I mean, what I, again, what I came in for was, Yep. Amy solved the binge eating, you know, problem, which again, turns out, you know, is more of a solution for, for the, all the thinking and the, and the thoughts, um, starting when I was young and what's come out of this is a completely different, um, again, subtle, but so big, the way I think about things or, or even just recognize sometimes, wow, I am so caught up in my brain. And to even be able to verbalize that to, you know, my family or whatever, and, yeah. and to just be able to make that space and then relax. And yeah, what comes out of it is I'm still successful, um, do all the things, you know, everything happens but it's not, it's not a doing, it's not that tense. Okay. Next, 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 you know, yelling at everybody and getting people moved. And, you know, I still, I'm still me, but I just, the inside, you know, for example, we went on a vacation and it was really, it's stressful, right? This year we're in COVID. It's stressful. Um, that would have wrecked me last year. It would have been so disastrous, um, and tense and stressful. And Really, it was like, meh, we may make it, we may not. It's okay. I knew we'd be okay. <laughs> and even just to have that sense of calm around things, yeah, bad stuff's still happening and it's hard and you got to jump through some hoops. But um, the calm inside, the, the non-suffering inside is what I just am just always in awe of right now. I remember you writing about that on the forum that you're like, well, we made the plans and we may not go and who knows, and we'll see that day. And, you know, and it's like, wow. I mean, that sounds so natural and normal to us now. Some people maybe always saw life that way, but what a, what a change. What yeah. a change. I would have had to micromanage and freak out. And my husband, and I probably would have fought the whole time. And you do this. I mean, it, things just sort of laid out, right? Like he was in charge of this part. I was in charge of this part. And the plans happened and oops, we did have a mess up and we were like, wow, this could derail the whole thing. Guess we'll see what happens. And it didn't. And okay, great. But, but I really feel like even if everything had, you know, fallen apart, it would have been okay. Christmas, you know, again, we're, we're dealing with all of this again now for this holiday and everything's kind of fallen apart this time. And still there's this, that's okay. Christmas is a day, you know, no big deal. And we'll figure this out. Um, but you do, I, that inner wisdom comes out and, and that calm and the, 
you know, the relaxation piece to me of just breathing. You know, I always, my friend and I were talking, that's just so overused, the just breathe. And yet when, when we're caught up, man, just that just breathe brings you, I I've lived my life in my head is what I feel like. Mm -hmm. I've lived in my thoughts and everybody telling me, you know, the committee up there telling me the thing to do, not to do. And man, when I can just bring that back down a little bit and breathe, um, yeah, open and curious things just come up and, um, and it's just not the same. It's not the same feeling and, and it's not the same stress that it was before. That's awesome. So, so how has your binge eating changed and, or how did it change kind of from March to now? So, uh, you know, I joined your um, little school of big change in March and really desperate, not so desperate, but just really like, okay, this, this is resonating. I, I want to see more of this and, and understand more. And um, the first few months were rough. You know, there, there's some surfing out of all this and it, it got, you know, I felt again, like, oh, no, this isn't, this isn't working actually. And, and there was some tension and some, oh no. Um, and you know, with it, some, some binging, some resistance, all of those things. And I just kept coming back and, and just trying to be open and curious. And, um, yeah, so many things resonated over that, you know, the six weeks plus the all, you know, I, I'm in the graduate thing. I, I just love listening. I just keep coming back and listening. And, you know, the, the remaining, I, I, you know, I never say, I mean, I still feel very new at this and it's exciting because even that there's just so much more to see. I love this. Um, but throughout that, um, yeah, I'm not, there's no cure or I'm, I just get it better. Now. I'm not looking for a cure. I, the, the changes have been subtle, but so huge. You know, even last night when thinking about the podcast, I really was like, okay, I'm going to try to tap back into that needing to binge eat you know, that anxiety and that stress and that tension. And I couldn't even come up with it. It just doesn't occur to me that there's anything, you know, there's no problem. There's no problem to solve. Life is just happening. And yeah, we're busy. It's December. And of course there's things to be done. And, you know, yeah, this December, it does have its own set of craziness, but, but it's not, um, it doesn't occur to me to go binge eat to, to solve anything. And what the irony in some of this too, is when you're not thinking about binge eating or what you've done, what you ate yesterday, when you wake up every morning, it's shame. And, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Now I have to control all the food all the day and all that stuff. What happens is you're really just in the moment and you're very present because you don't have all this extra committee telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. You're just able to be in the moment and in in the holidays, whatever that looks like this year. And, um, it just, yeah, it just is so much more calming. And I really, it just, I, I couldn't have told you a year ago that I would ever feel like I could be free from that desire and that, um, you know, I always felt like it hijacked my brain after mm -hmm. dinner, I would get hijacked and have to go eat and sneak and, you know, whatever that was for the moment. And I just don't have that anymore. It's, it's gone. And the freedom from that, and I, I don't think it's gone forever. I don't even, I'm not even attached to that, you know, sure. Maybe one night family stress, whatever, it may occur to me to eat a bunch of food. I don't know, but I, I don't have that. Um, there's a lot of freedom in my brain anymore. I don't have that urge to solve anything. I, I can just kind of move on. 
I love that there's not this huge attachment to what it looks like and is it gone forever? You know, it's just like, I just hear so much of that in you. Like I'm just taking it a moment at a time and it's just different. The moments are different. You know, it's not like here's the new me or here's what I do now or here's where I am with it, which even in a conversation like this, it's like that we're used to talking in that way. So it's easy to kind of want to do that, but you're like, oh, I don't know, but things are different. It feels different rather than even that it looks so different. Yeah. And I'm not doing anything different. I'm not standing there at the pantry being like, don't open the door. Don't open the, no, it's really, my, my belly was full. We had dinner. Like it didn't occur to me to need to slam more food where as before, yeah, I mean, I would, that never mattered. <laughs> like I was so yeah. up in my head, it never mattered that my belly felt full or that I didn't really want any other food. It was just so in my brain that that was going to solve the uncomfortableness of the night or, you know, the moving from dinner to whatever the nightly stuff was. Um, and it's so hard. I know, I know binge eaters and, and people, you know, I always thought, I always put myself, I can really understand alcoholics and drug addicts, right? From a level, because I, I always thought food was an addiction. It was a problem. It was in my, my DNA that this is why I, I binge eat. And um, when, you, when you can make that space and relax and realize that, no, there's nothing that says this is how you have to be um, from anybody struggling with something. You know, it's really just take a step back, relax, maybe just recognize those thoughts. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot of doing to it. I love that the most about this. It, it, there's just some space created and some calming that comes through. And that's what's sustainable. Like that's what is music to my ears because it's like, yeah, it's, there's nothing to manage. You're naturally seeing it differently. You know, like you said, you'll get caught up at times, of course. You might get caught up and want to binge again. Who cares? But what you're seeing, you know, it just, it just feels so inside out. And so like from the bottom of that iceberg has shifted and it's, uh, it's amazing. You can just feel how deep and sustainable it is. And I think that helps us a lot to not freak out about what it looks like on the surface, because you might still think I should have eaten that, or I should eat this or any of that kind of stuff, but you also have the deeper change. Yeah. And, and really to not judge yourself either way, right? Like I still, you know, I still have some control over my food because it feels safe. There's not control, but structure. Like mm-hmm. that feels safe and okay right now. And, and yet things happen. It's, there's no, again, yeah, I'm not attached to this perfect, you know, eating or program. It's things shift and days shift. And there's, there's not this, um, this rules and all the, the, you know, must do this. It's, oh, this is occurring to me that this is where I feel really good and healthy. And that, that does matter to me on some level. Um, again, more from the feeling. I like feeling good. I love being able to move my body and play with the kids and go for runs. That's my social time or, or my mm-hmm. friends. Um, and so, yeah, it occurs to me to be you know, in that moment and in that space. And, and I know there'll be moments that it doesn't. And, and, I'll, and I'll figure that out. It's, it's surfing through that is okay too. It doesn't feel as panicky or stressful um, at all anymore. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation. I think, oh, I just think it's so good. I mean, and I love that you you went into such detail about what you've been through and, and how things look now that it's going to help so, so many people. I know it is. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for all that you do. Did you see my massive holiday sale? It's huge. It's everything that I offer digitally for up to 50% off. And it was good through the end of 2020, but of course we've extended it through this Monday, January 4th, which is today because, you know, people are away from their email. They missed it. They come back, they're mad. So we're keeping it up through midnight today, but then the page has to come down because the holidays are over. So on that page, you'll see that you get your choice of a ton of digital courses and products all for up to 50% off. And that includes the March course of the Little School of Big Change, which is looking to be the only time I'm going to be leading the school this year. So you can see it on my website. It says end of year sale, and I'll put the direct link in the show notes. Also, I'm co-leading a course as we kick off 2021 called 2021 Strong with some of my favorite friends and new paradigm colleagues. We're each going to share our insights and lessons from 2020, what we've seen, what we learned in the year that was 2020, and what we're taking into 2021, and we'll support you in doing the same. It's a really awesome way to kick off the new year and to step into this new year seeing things in a really different way. So I'll share the link to that course in the show notes as well. It's barbarapatterson.com slash strong, but you can look for the direct link there. 